0: Hello everyone, welcome back to AusBiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. good to have you company for the call for the next hour, Um, 10 stocks picked by you, I put them to our expert panel, we do it all in one hour. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities is with us, Michael, g'day, good to see you. Good to be back. Uh, And Kai Chen from MPC Markets joins us for the first time, Kai. Pleasure to be here. Welcome to the call. All right, have you got your... Are you feeling feisty today?
1: Yeah, you know I've got. I think uh, it's been a pretty good uh, earning seasons for us. So yeah, we've got.
0: Oh, that's good. And markets just continue to shoot the lights out, don't they? Particularly in the US. Did you? Could you ever imagine that they're above eight thousand points? Record highs.
1: Oh, the tech rally just keeps going, you know. It seems like it's got another leg behind that. Um, and, yeah. you know, Netflix reported last night and it was, um, they've got 13, 000, uh, 13 million extra subscribers. It's um, substantial. Yeah. yeah.
0: Is it too late to get into those American tech stocks? Yeah. Have it. you missed the run?
1: I think at these levels, you know, um, you'd be a little bit careful getting in because the valuations are quite high.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think there's just so much momentum, you know, it's still got a little. Yeah.
0: To go. Michael, what do you reckon? Is it too mm. late? We, yesterday on the show, um, we had the uh, Global X, or a couple of days ago, the G- Global X FANG Plus ETF, um, which the panel said was a good way to get into those top 10 stocks, um, yeah. tech stocks in the US. And they thought, they were, uh, as Kai was saying, um, you just don't know where the limit is.
2: Yeah, exactly, and um, we've just seen this countless times before. I mean, even locally with Afterpay, um, yeah. a few years ago in COVID, it dropped to ten dollars and bounced to twenty, and everyone thought, "Oh, it's already doubled." You can't buy yeah. it at twenty, and I think it topped out at one hundred and sixty. So yeah. they they can surprise. Clearly, they they can come crashing down. So you have to be nimble. But um, yeah, look valuations. It almost doesn't, doesn't matter um, at the who, moment. Who so.
0: thought we'd get a $3 trillion company in the world? Now we've got two mm. uh, in Microsoft and Apple. And uh, Henry Jennings made a good point yesterday. We keep thinking of commodity cycles. Have we missed the run? Because commodity cycles come down when prices of commodities are higher, more supply comes in. So it goes through the cycle back down again. But with tech stocks... You know it's a not a supply situation is yeah. it it's it's just momentum of new stuff coming out
2: yeah yeah exactly and um it's interesting you mentioned commodities because i saw an interesting chart the other day showing valuation of tech companies compared to commodities showing uh, they were quite at extreme levels meaning tech expensive commodities very cheap but yeah, yeah look i mean maybe Maybe we've seen the top in tech now that I'm saying yeah, it could keep, keep running. You just do but, but yeah, momentum, stick with yep. the momentum if you're in those. And, you know, maybe they top out in a day. Maybe they keep going for another six months. But, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, five stocks we're going to look at in this half hour. People in, Clean Away Waste Management, Pacific Smiles, Samfire Resources, and Alchem, or the new Arcadium, if you like, it's been renamed. Uh, Stock of the day, it is uh, confession season, uh, before we start getting into the uh, into the earnings reports and the walk of shame today, I feel like ringing a bell, shame, shame, is Domino's. Uh, Domino's is a sell at Goldman Sachs with a price target cut to $37.50 after its profit-warding Late last night, it came out after the bill last night. Company says all previous performance guidance for FY24 are no longer in play. Goodness, the company's half year earnings in Asia are expected to go, go down despite an 8% reduction in net debt. Expected net profit before tax, the range 87, 90 mil, although was sales from uh, same stores of Domino's Pizza for the first half of the year has increased by 1.3%. The company said further improvements are needed in the second half to boost order volumes. Michael, mm. a lot of people thought the worst was over for Domino's, uh, but yeah. not. Were you shocked by this update this, uh, late last night? look I, I I haven't been following it to be honest because right.
2: to me it just still felt way too early um, to be you know hoping for a turnaround. So even before today we're talking about a, a one hundred and sixty dollars stock that was trading at about sixty dollars. Um, yeah you know, a lot of moving parts, you know, a lot of stores, geographical locations, you've got yeah, yeah issues with um, customer demand, inflationary concerns, of course with, um, yeah, with the, the food that you buy, they, they need to expand those stores to grow. Um, yeah, so just you know, a lot of yeah, a lot to go. Yeah, a lot that could go right, but a lot that could go wrong. And um, yeah, very disappointing update in terms of their Japanese sales. Same store sales across the rest of Asia and France looked quite disappointing. Um, and the big one there just pulling guidance. So um, clearly, the turnaround isn't ready to turn around yet. So even after today's thirty percent drop, um, you know I don't think you need to be that brave. When we're seeing great updates elsewhere in the market, Resmed, yep. and you know the lithiums are turning around. If you really are after some excitement, um, I think a, <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you're night. after
0: excitement, I'm <laughs> no, under, underlining if you're after yeah. excitement and lithium. But um, but Dominos it, it, has had a good last six months, has that? Had a good November, yeah. December. Everyone was. Not everyone, but there, there was a mood that maybe it had mm-hmm. turned the corner, and then wham, this comes and yeah. just shoots all the optimism down yet again.
2: So it just makes me, you know, wonder how long will it now take for them to build up that that confidence again? Because do you trust? To be, yeah, the, the yeah trust, and just as an investor, you think, well, okay, you know, now that this has come out. Um, after I'd had faith that they were turning it around, I need to see more evidence. So then you need another six months to the next result. How,
0: how long would it take to get your trust back?
2: Oh, I think I didn't have the trust to start with, to be honest. <laughs> but um, okay. I, yeah, look, I think. Uh, Sometimes you can sometimes you could see if the market's starting to trust it based on price action. So if they came out with this result today, and you read it, and thought, "Ooh, geez, I, you know this isn't going to be pretty on the open," and it was up ten percent, then that tells you that the money's ah. already positioning, the money had already, you know, the market had already factored in something even worse. So that gives you a very good, you know, right. early sign. But, but yeah, this this clearly shows it didn't that market, happen today. No, didn't no. happen today. okay,
0: Kai. What do you think of the update,
2: yeah, like you know, like Michael
1: said um, it 's a pretty disappointing result, especially in the Asian segment, so you yep. know the sales in Japan actually gone back and um, in Malaysia as well, so that 's really what 's causing this miss expectation, so analysts said it's basically mispriced about by thirteen percent, um, and that 's basically why we 've seen a twenty six you know percent drop in the price today, yeah, yeah,
0: okay, so what do you what do you reckon about it is it is this the bottom of the market for it or too early? Are you interested in, yeah, in we're, buying it?
1: We're not really going to stand in front of a freight train. So, you know, I think um, we're going to let the price action play out. Um, I think there's uh, you know probably a bit more to go for dominoes. Um, but, you know, when it stabilizes at fairer valuations, that might be a good
0: big at okay. some point. So do you know where that level is? Oh, um, I well, think. What's a fair yeah. value? Forty bucks, down to forty bucks today. I think lower than that. I'd say
1: probably if you're going into the low thirties, that's probably a region where right. you'd start getting some interest.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Let's get into the uh, stocks that you want us to uh, take a look at. Uh, first one up today. Henley wants a view, uh, Henley rather wants a view on People in. Um, says the growth on this stock, looks promising, confirmed by its low PE and promising yield. Um, That that can be a bit misleading sometimes. We'll get the uh, uh, view of the panel. Revenue grew substantially in uh, 2022, 2023, and it seems like the depth is well covered. Is this a stock to pump some fresh money into? Uh, Of course, it is the workplace solutions company operating in Australia and New Zealand, Michael. Um, What do you think? Is it a time to put more money in?
2: I wouldn't be. Um, So, yeah, they've seen a nice jump in in revenue, but I think it's because they're coming off a a lower base from the the COVID years. Um, You know, the the jobs market was pretty good for a year or two there. Um, But, you know, we could see in some of their their recent updates you know the environment is starting to look a bit more challenging for these businesses, and I think PPE is not the only one in this space that that is starting to look like it's suffering now. Um, yeah, margins have come under pressure. So, you know, under the hood, uh, yeah, the, the you know the the revenue growth doesn't look um, very reliable or consistent coming through to the rest of the year, and I think that's why um, the share price has basically been downtrending for a while. So you've got a I guess a mixed outlook, a um, you know a downtrending stock, um, and it basically is is telling me no, not yet. Um, right. You know we need to we need to ride that out before we can look at it again.
0: Gee, you're down to five year lows, aren't you? On the uh, on the price there, um, at its peak around that 480 mark. Uh, Kyle, what's the view on uh, on people in?
1: Yeah, I agree uh, in some sense with Michael uh, uh, that you know. It's probably more a timing issue because the fundamentals of the company is actually quite solid. So the KGAR growth is about thirty-five um, percent over the last five years. Yeah. So it's quite substantial growth. Um, but obviously, with the economic cycle, we're at where it is. You know, we came up with a pretty soft unemployment figure last month, where we've gone down one hundred and six six uh, K. In terms of full-term unemployment. So, you know, it's not the right time in the cycle to buy this company, but it has a lot of potential because, you know, they've got three segments in terms of staff recruiting. You know, they're in the healthcare industry, uh, and specialized services as well. In industrial and specialist services, they've grown actually 121% over the last year. Right. And, you know, as as Michael said, you know, the stock's gone down 65% in the last year. It is cheap and there's definitely value around here. But we, I'd put it as a buy, but dependent on timing, potentially in the next six months, see how a couple more economic figures come out. And if it's good, then it's a good buy potential.
0: Okay, so if you're in it and have ridden it down to these lows, mm. what do you do?
1: I would I would probably hold. Hold? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah.
0: So, and um, put it on your watch list for the next six months? That's right. Okay, all right. All right, our uh, next one, Kai, Sharon wants a view on CleanAway Waste Management, the uh, one of our big waste management groups, Pick, pick Your Bins Up, um, but it's also in water processing, uh, treatment, recycling, um, not only for residential uh, waste management pickup, but commercial as well. Um, what do you think of CleanAway?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an okay company. Um, it's nothing to be... Super excited about um, where there's a lot of growth. But, you know, last year their EBIT was up about 17%. So they had solid growth. But really what's held them back is they'd had an asset write off. So, you know, they they acquired a new landfill uh, in Queensland called New Jum and basically they have some issues uh, getting that site up and running. So there's an issue with the water table and they have to put rectifications up Mm -hmm. and that's causing some troubles as well as trying to extend the site um, where they've actually tried to put a court appeal in and was unsuccessful. So that's why we're actually seeing um, a fairly negative um, figure on their bottom line. Um, But you know, in the longer term, this stock is it's not something where it's uh, it's going to be a multi-bagger or anything <laughs> super crazy, but um, yeah, it's just a stable stock.
0: Okay. So, what um, would not be interested? Not too interested. Okay. All right, uh, Michael. You look at that trading range over the last year; hasn't hasn't really done much, has it?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, that, yeah, you don't have a trend there in the in the share price. It's basically just heading sideways, and it's in the middle of that range, so it's not even though it's near the bottom of the range and maybe you could scoop scoop up a potential opportunity. So, yeah, look, I, I agree with Kai. I think, you know, the growth prospects of the business aren't necessarily that great, but you do have these concerns of, um, you know, future capex and, and costs. Um, you yeah, know, the market is worried about that and the shares seem sort of fair value. So, yeah, I think there'll be better opportunities in the rest of the market. Right.
0: And because their previous MD is now running Boral, I oh, think, because yep. uh, in the financial review at the end of last year, they, I think it's Street Talk was saying that the Clean Away was on the uh, potential buy list for Seven Group. Now that oh, okay. Boral's part of Seven Group and well, hasn't sort of snap price. it up. No, no that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lynn wants a view, Michael, on Pacific Smiles, the... Uh, the the, the dentists roll up, 120 Mm -hmm. dental um, centres nationally, 800 doctors or dentists operate out of them. Um, The business model is the dentists basically rent the seats and and the theatres, the dental studios, don't they, from Pacific Smiles. Is that the
2: way it works? um, Yeah, I mean, with my understanding, and I I mean, it's a pretty good model. We've seen that replicated with, with doctors and in the financial services Yep. Industry as well, um, but what we've got in this case is a takeover offer. Um, yep. At uh, I think it's a dollar forty, and it's pretty much where the shares are trading at now. So just purely based on that, to me, it just it, there's a very quick answer of you'd mm. sell it because.
0: Yeah, I wonder. Just on that chart, I wonder where the offer was made. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Around that November time, yeah, early December, yeah, something
2: like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, again, so you take the money and run yeah look at you know as I always say um, you know you can hold out for a tiny bit more but if it doesn't eventuate um, I don't see why it wouldn't drop all the way back to where it was previously under a dollar the other thing I've noticed with this stock is it's really liquid um, illiquid yeah right. quite illiquid yep so what that means is if there's any problem with that offer and you get more than half a dozen people trying to sell the stock, um, it's going to move downwards by quite a long way. So I'd I'd use these levels up here to try to get rid of it um, and preempt any potential um, downside.
0: Okay, Uh, Kai, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah,
1: so um, this company has been in uh, the the industry as a whole for dentistry. It's gone through a period of transition where, you know, throughout the COVID period, there was a lot of cancellations because obviously people can't go and see the dentist. Um, But there was a build up and that's uh, of demand afterwards where, you know, people have to kind of backlog their checkups and go see Mm -hmm. that and that's why you've seen a share price spike in 2011-12 but that demand's kind of tapered down um, again and for us it's just we you know in that transition period we're not really willing to take that risk to see how their overall trend goes Um, and also in terms of margin um, you know it's pretty thin on the bottom line so it's not something that we're particularly keen to get into.
0: Okay. All right. Would you would you sell it at these levels, like sell. Michael? Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. A sell for uh, Pacific Smiles. Um, these sorts of roll-ups by Michael have, have worked in uh, insurance broking and things like that. Don't they? were Steadfast yeah. and AUB. Yeah, so. and um,
2: G8 Education, yep, famously. Yep, yeah. a bit of a roll-up. So, you know, it's working when it's working and... Yeah, um, you know, you've got to watch the debt levels and so on, but yeah, I guess yeah, it comes down to the simple fact that, you know, you, you get a certain multiple for a um, for a company that's that's in private hands, but but once it's part of a listed entity, um, it's usually worth more. Yep, um, and that that's where they make, make a bit of difference.
0: All right, let's talk uh, commodities now. Luke wants a view, Kai, on uh, Samfire Resources, a um, uh, big copper uh, producer, Degrace, uh, um copper and gold project uh, just north of Perth. It's probably its biggest one. Um, what do you think of Samfi?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, um, again, this company is in a bit of a restructure. So um, in terms of the De Grosso Copper operations in Western Australia, they're looking to roll uh, roll off that operation. Um, then they're acquiring assets uh, in other parts of the world. So they're acquiring a mine in uh, Spain as well in Botswana. And they're, you know, over the last two years, they've been getting those operations up and running. So this, uh, in the, the Mathio mine in Spain, that's, gone according to plan um but of course that's offset by rolling off the operations in western australia so you know overall that their their bottom line is negative um and that's that's due to the restructure so it's really a gamble in terms of how the other operations end up going
0: right so what's your view on it what's the npc view on it I think
1: I think we we would sell that company. Uh, we would Sandfire, and if you wanted better plays in the copper um, sector, I think Wire ETF is probably a better pure play, um, and of course BHP. Um, ah. If you're looking for something that's a little bit more stable and has diversified commodities, uh, BHP at lower levels would definitely be a good option.
0: Okay, so what's a good level for BHP to? Be?
1: Yeah, I think probably the forty-two mark would be interesting. Right. BHP. Okay.
0: All right. Um, Michael, what do you think of sandfire? Yeah. Co- copper was sort of second half of last year. Um, a lot of the market saying this is the, the hot new commodity, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I mean we we like um, we like copper, um, sandfire. So you know the copper price had a bit of a wobble at one point um, at the end of last year, as you know the market was concerned on on global growth because. Yeah, copper is sometimes referred to as Doctor Copper. It's yeah, very, it's a very good sort of bellwether commodity for for the, the global economy because it's yep. used in everything. Um, yeah, the supply of copper, as, as as people are starting to become aware of, is very low. So inventory levels globally are very low, not too dissimilar to where they were um, almost twenty years ago, before you know, the the price of copper uh, I think more than doubled um, in a very short space mm-hmm. of time. And obviously, share prices for 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 anyone mining copper went up more than that. So, um, look, Sandfire's had its issues. Trying to get these other mines up and running, they've had to, you know, raise money. It was quite dilutive. So the share price has been held back um, recently, but it is starting to get a bit of a move on now. We're holders of Sandfire, and I think. um, you know, as, as Kai mentioned, yeah, there's not really much out there in the market if you want the copper exposure. You know, there's the ETF, yeah. and of course, BHP, which had its <clears> own copper mines, and then it bought Oz Minerals. And I'd like to think that for well, once they didn't buy it at the top of the cycle; they, they <laughs> bought it at the right time. So I think yeah, I think Sandfire is a good pure play. So um, it's about
0: the only one, is it?
2: Pretty much. I mean, there's some very small ones out there, right? But I mean, even Sandfire, I think, is only a few billion dollars in, in market cap, and and any others are, are much smaller. So, right. um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm quite happy to to hold Sandfire here. I think it's got uh, much higher to go based on- Would you that, buy it here? Yeah, look, I mean, the best, the better time this week would have been a couple of days ago. It's already recovered half of those recent falls, but look, I think if you've got a longer term perspective, yeah, I'd have it as a buyer.
0: Okay, buy on the lot longer term. Um, um, does it worry you? Uh, and it's a comment that's made a lot on the panel when uh, commodity stocks going through a, a, a great period and then go on an expansion binge and start buying other companies. Mm. Um, sort of this Spanish mine, the one in Botswana, did they buy those at the top of the market? Does that worry you when management goes on a on an investment spree? Because often they get yeah. it wrong.
2: Yeah, look, I'd, I'd like to think that in this instance they bought it at the right time so if we think back to when you know for those who are old enough to remember BHP and Rio um, pretty much GFC era that was after we've we've had you know a few years of a a raging commodities boom we haven't had that Um, so I think they bought it at the right time Mm. Um, again just looking at where we are in the global growth cycle I think we're sort of you know global growth's got a bit of a a sign curve or at the bottom of that curve and trying to pick back up, um, and you've got those really low global inventories intri- of, of copper. So I think it's at the right time, okay. and I think this year and next can be really good for these stocks.
0: All right, okay, uh, good outlook there for Samfire. Um Now, Michael wants to view Kai uh, on uh, Alchem or it's been renamed Arcadium after the uh, after the merger. Um, one of our Sort of lithium darlings, and um, Michael uh, referred to it as a the lively lithium market. If you want a lively investment, um, are you uh, are you a bit skewed towards a lively investment at the moment?
1: Yeah, you know we lithium obviously in the last year has gone through quite a substantial repricing. It's down about eighty.
0: God, 80 that's hours. an understatement. Isn't <laughs> <I>? <laughs> it's been a shocker.
1: That's right. Yeah. You know, And um, we think that there's probably a little bit more pain to come in right. the lithium prices. Um, hopefully, I think towards the end of the year, you know, we see some stabilization in terms of uh, the spot prices. Um, in terms of the merger for uh, Alcum and Levant in Canada, it does give them a bit more diversity across their assets. So they do have both um, uh, lithium carbonate as well as spot aluminum concentrates in across about four mines. In you know Argentina, WA, and Canada, um, so good prospects. And in terms of analyst expectations for the synergy for the merger, they think there's probably about seven hundred million worth um, of extra value for the two companies merging. Alchem did have a bigger uh, price to pay in the merger. It was supposed to be a merger of equals, but they had about fifty-six percent. Um, yeah, so I think as a company as a whole we we like our uh, we like the new merged Arcadium. Entity, Arcadium. Yep. um but i think you know if you're looking for more pure plays pilbara is definitely you know up there as well as minres this morning they came out with a trading update and it's quite positive given the fall in spot prices they are still profitable and um, yeah so i think yep. those are two
0: good alternatives okay so you would prefer Do you buy Pilbara and Minres at these levels, or you do, but you don't with Arcadium?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd probably put Minres first, Pilbara, and then Arcadium.
0: Okay. Um, How the market has changed, Michael. Mm. Minres coming out saying, "Hey, we're still, we can still produce at a profit." Whereas that wasn't even a question a year ago, was it? Um,
2: Yeah, it's. yeah, been a very volatile year for this sector I mean because I,
0: core core lithium went to mothballs because yeah. production cost too high Town sort of talking about that as well yeah. so the pressure is on these lithium stocks to come clean on how much they can produce it for
2: it. yeah I mean I was I was going to mention those two, two yeah. companies David so what's really been interesting I think in the past couple of months is you know firstly in December we've you know, saw very good buying in these lithium stocks, a lot of volume. Um, To me, it was a bit of an indication that we could be seeing a low in the share prices. And then, you know, January came along and, you know, all the share prices fell back again. But very interestingly, you know, since about early mid-December, the um, spotty mean price and lithium carbonate prices, they haven't been falling at all. And there haven't been any adverse Adverse announcements from PLS, from LTM, which is the code now, um, for the stock we're talking about, arcadium yep. and mineral resources. It's all just been due to this sort of emotional knee-jerk reaction because core lithium's closing a mine, Lion Town's getting its funding pulled. Yep. Um, and you know, <clears throat> quite frankly, it was just an opportunity to buy these these large ones because yeah, they're still making money as 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 Kai said, even at current prices. So I think this this whole sector is going through the bottoming phase. So, mm. yeah, we saw that that big amount of buying in December. We've got yeah, a sh- basically commodity prices that are starting to flatline, and we've got the smaller players getting out of business. This this is what happens at the bottom part of the cycle. It's ugly at the moment. Yeah. I mean, they they copped a hiding a couple of days ago, and we could see that, LTMs now recovered that. Um, But it's going to feel ugly for a period of time. But as I said, these mine closures is exactly what you want to see. So if we think back to quite famously, um, back in 2015, the iron ore sector. So the iron ore price falling, falling, falling. We all thought it would stop at about, I can't remember, maybe it was $80. Because that was the cost of production for a lot of mines. And it just continued to fall. Um, And Fortescue was being talked about
0: as potentially Oh, being yeah. in real trouble. Absolutely, and then yeah. It uh, yeah, was front-page headlines and yeah. Twiggy was going to the banks, the banks were looking at closing them down.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of smaller strife. miners were closing because they couldn't make any money. Yep. And that was the bottom of the cycle. So we come into 2016, Fortescue shares are a bit under $2. They finished the year at $6 something and the yep. rest is history. So I think we've got something like that yeah. happening here. The smaller players are, are leaving. Yeah, yep. we're getting rid of that supply. Um, yeah, I don't know when we'll start to see a proper recovery in these stocks. Could be next week, could be three months. But I think we're going through that, that bottom mm. phase. So uh, a yeah, bit of a long-winded answer, but I think you know, these no, are definitely a hold or even a buy. And as we saw with PLS yesterday and, and Min today, they're making money at these prices. Yeah. So these other guys drilling holes in the middle of nowhere, and you know, they're yeah. running out of people to tap on the shoulder for more money. Um, yeah, look, they'll be out of business. You don't want to be in those smaller ones. You want to just stick with the top three here. They'll ride it through. They'll pick up whatever scraps they can get, and then they'll ride the next.
0: So do you, you'd one have out. a buy on Arcadia, yeah, yeah. okay, as well as Minres and Pilbara. Yep. Okay. Bigger. Yep. Um, it is. It is funny uh, doing the call here. Everyone, you talk to all the the panelists and say there are times in the commodity cycle. To buy these sorts of stocks and that's when they're down on their bootstraps. Mm. Um, but then when the commodities do get down on their bootstraps, everyone goes, Whoa, I don't know about that, it's, it's terrible. It's da,
2: da, and yeah, it's funny you say that because I also have a look at all these, these analyst reports and um, it's funny because you know, one you know, large broking house which will remain nameless has been very bullish this sector, but recently has just capitulated and really cut their targets. Oh, and, really? And so you see that as a good sign? Yeah, it's very interesting. And then you also see those analysts who did get it right that were warning about the sector and now doubling down and saying, oh, it's got further to fall. And, right. Um, right. Just very yeah, you know, because they're all written by humans and we all feel that yep. sort yep. of emotion after the that. The herd mentality? But it's look, it's very tricky. I mean, I have to admit, I I thought these things were bottoming out, you know, last year. Right. Um, so I was a bit bit early. But with what I'm seeing now.
0: Mm. Um, it's
2: hard okay. to, you know, unemotionally say that there's further pain. I, I think there's enough evidence that we're, we're going through that bottoming cycle. Okay.
0: Interesting. All right. Let's uh, recap the first five stocks and stock of the day, Domino um, after its update after the trade last night. It's, uh, it's been really hammered today. Um, no from both uh, Kai and Michael. Uh, people in a no from Michael, uh, a hold from Kai, a clean away a no from both. Uh, Pacific Smiles a sell from both. It's got that takeover offer, it's up around $1.40 at the moment. If the takeover offer doesn't eventuate, you know, it'll. Uh, the the consensus of the panel was that it dropped back down to around that dollar 90 cent mark where it was before the takeover offer was made. So take your money and run. Uh, Samfire, um, a sell from Kai. If you want exposure to uh, copper, he reckons the wire EDF, uh, ETF will um, give you good exposure or, or BHP. Uh, around that $42 level. Uh, Michael has it as a long-term buy. Um, Arcadium, a buy from Michael. He believes the um, the lithium downturn, there's signs of capitulation, bottom of the market. Uh, lithium stocks look really interesting. Uh, Arcadium, a no from Kai, but... Um, MPC, Preferred Minres and Pilbara in this area. All right, here on the call, we've been following our own High Conviction Fantasy Fund as picked by the Investment Committee. Uh, you can watch the December Committee meeting on Ausbiz.com. Uh Didn't have a January one. Uh, February one is coming up shortly. Uh, the Decem- That December Investment Committee meeting added ResMed, Card Group and John's Johnsling took profits on Wesfarmers, RPM Global and MA Financial. And uh, that fund is up about 20% at the moment. Um, in this half hour, we're going to run the ruler across the BetaShares Crypto Innovators ETF, uh, ANZ, CSL, Goodman and also Reese. Um, so first up, Ben. Once a view, Kai, on the BetaShares Crypto Innovators ETF. Now uh, we've had all the Bitcoin ETFs launched in America over the last, last sort of two or three weeks. This isn't in crypto in Bitcoin or any cryptocurrencies. This is in the companies that are in that crypto market, isn't it? Uh, coin exchanges and things like that.
1: That's exactly right. You know, this ETF mainly, predominantly holds Bitcoin miners and the platforms yep. that Bitcoin runs on. So over the last year, it's actually a top performing uh, ETF. Um, and as we've seen in 2023, you know, Bitcoin had a fantastic rally um, of over 100%. Um, but, you know, going into what the SEC um, proved of in terms of ETFs in the US, uh, it was a bit underwhelming because you know we've seen we've seen the uh, price of Bitcoin test forty eight thousand. It's come back down to about forty thousand now, and I think it's a pretty pivotal level here because you know if if it has momentum on a downside below thirty five thousand, I wouldn't recommend getting in because I think there's probably a bit more pain to come. There's a lot of people who's bought onto the bull bull run, um, you know. So definitely within the next couple of months. Could be better prices to get in at. Um, if you did, if it was the opposite and basically the market was, you know, it bounced off this forty k level, um, I would buy into momentum. There's probably a bit more upside. So this is probably fairly uncertain for us at the moment. We wouldn't be touching it.
0: Right. Okay. So that's that's the Bitcoin, the currency, and, and the Bitcoin ETFs, or you know, currency, quote unquote. Um, but the innovators is very different. You wouldn't even be touching this at, at all, either.
1: No, because it's still the, the, a lot of them are Bitcoin miners, so you right. know, like it's still tied to the spot price. Right. Um, so if we saw the the spot price of Bitcoin go down, these these
0: miners and platforms would still okay. And the new Bitcoin ETFs. You wouldn't touch on the day they launched with great fanfare and billions of dollars going into it i think it was a friday here Jumbe Lu from tribeca and uh adam Dawes from um uh, from shore were saying you'd be a mug to get in <laughs> and get swept up in all of that at the time uh, and they've been proved right because they've really come down haven't they
1: that's right. I think it's the old, um, you know, buy the rumor, sell the fact. Yeah. Um, people knew about this quite quite a while ago, and I think once that announcement was made, the smart money took money off the table. Yep. So, yeah. So. Okay.
0: Michael, what do you think of this this ETF? Um, I wouldn't be
2: <coughs> I wouldn't be buying the ETF. I think look, if you've got a view with with Bitcoin and um, um, and you you're taking a positive view on that, I think you could just. Know, look for you know if we get a local sort of Bitcoin ETF or, or go out and buy Bitcoin just do it directly because you know, as you mentioned you you basically got an ETF that covers a range of different companies whether they're mining or, or exchanges and we've seen exchanges go under so I think mm-hmm. that um, you know, that's to me that's just carrying a little bit too much risk and I mean this thing's quite volatile it ended the year at five dollars and now it's sort of in the 330s mm. So um, you know, you've got to pick your, pick your moment. Yep. But I just think the constituents in that mm. ETF to me just mean that it's high risk. If, if you're doing it for, for Bitcoin, just go and buy, right. buy Bitcoin at the end of the day. It's like I know it's pretend money, but yeah, there's only so much of it and, and it's quite accepted now. So at least you ah. yeah, you've, if you catch it at the right time, you don't really have to worry about much except for, yep. for where
0: that's going. So are you a crypto investor?
2: Oh, I've doubled a little bit with, right. with some of the fake money there. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but as Kai's saying, it's, quite, quite it's got, gone from 48 down to 40. In a, yeah, yeah. Such a short period of I, time. I, mean, I,
2: I can't I can see potential for these things to go up this year. I mean, there's, there needs to be more liquidity in that market because of all the blow-ups from last year. I don't follow it too closely. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting to trade, but... Yeah, there's potential for for something like that to, to be much higher, especially when when rates start getting cut and and uh, you know risk tolerance increases again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe now's not the right time. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think you're better off with direct Bitcoin exposure than than okay. the CTF.
0: All right, uh, let's go into something a bit more conventional in the financial sector. ANZ, um, Michael Phillip wants a view on one of our big four banks. Um, how do you rate ANZ? Um, yeah,
2: I, th- I think it looks really good here. I mean, we we bought some a couple of weeks ago um, for our clients, more as a, a trade. Um, you know, we might hold it for, for several months. Um, you know, we, we've spoken about this sort of, you know, in terms of technicals, a clear level of resistance near 26, and it's it's popped through that. So. Um, I think it can go for a bit of a run. I've been quite impressed with how the financials have performed recently. Um, you know, coming into this year, a lot of, yeah, you know, most analysts have been a bit, you know, so-so on the, um, you know, what they think banks can do this year, everyone's citing, um, you know, the fact that, um, you know, bad debts might increase and um, consumer confidence is low and, you know, loan growths and etc. etc. So. Yeah, you know, cost of funding going up. So, I think we're coming into a year when no one's really that optimistic on the banks. But the way they've traded in the past few weeks with this sort of downturn in the market, they've just been heading higher. So, mm. to me, I think banks could be the dark mm. horse for the year and actually do wow. do pretty well. So, you know, in terms of ranking the banks, look, CBA is always the better bank. I know it's always expensive. Yeah, um, it is running a little bit hot at the moment, but I think for ANZ Z at this point it looks like it might have a a decent run ahead of it. So I have ANZ as a buy. Okay.
0: All right. And as your preferred of the big four?
2: I think if you're talking a holding period in terms of years, you'd have CBA. I think just hands down that that always performs the best. At this point in time, to me, ANZ looks like it might do better over a sort of three to six-month time frame. But then moving outside the big four, I think Macquarie looks great here as well if you're looking for... Um, for another financial.
0: Okay. Kyle, what do you think of ANZ?
2: Yeah, I exactly
1: agree with Michael. You know, it's like um, we've, we've had a pretty good run coming into the New Year's for the, all the banks. Um, it's middle of the pack in terms of the big four plus Macquarie. Um, but the dividend yield is, again, very attractive. It's about 6.5. If you include franking, it's about 9%. But as we all know, it's, dividend is not the be-all and end-all. Um, I think, in terms of capital growth, um, you know, CBA and Macquarie definitely has the be- is the better option. Right. Um, and just to give you an example, you know, like pre GFC, we're still, ANZ's still not at pre GFC levels. Right. So, whereas CBA, it's about two times price before the GFC, and Macquarie's about two and a half times. Right. Oh, okay. So, you know, including capital growth, I think the other, you know, the CBA and Macquarie are definitely better peaks. Um, mm. But it's not a, ba- ANZ's not a bad option to be in.
0: So, if you're in it, hold it. Hold it. Yeah. It's fine. But, if you're going to put fresh money in, you do CBA and, and Macquarie. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, all right. And next stock um, is one of our big healthcare stocks, global healthcare stocks. We've got a few of them. Uh, Philip wants to view Kaya on CSL, the old Commonwealth Serum Laboratory um, in Blood plasma around the world, vaccines took on a, a big merger, big takeover last year. Um, what do you think of CSL? Only a couple of what November, October got down to two thirty dollars. Everyone said, oh, the, the market darling's now, you know, shot its reputation up. It'll certainly climb back.
1: That's right. You know, we um, you know, we we went against the market in that period uh, when it went down to the two forty zone. We actually accumulated a decent amount of position in that. Um, and then, you know, right now it's trading at 292. Um, and yeah, it's performed quite well over the last couple of months. Um, in terms of company, you know, it's one of the, the biggest blue chips in Australia. It's always reliable, performs. Um, so for a long term hold, we're definitely bullish on uh, CSL. Uh, Even at these levels? not. Quite at these levels. Um, we've actually just taken some position off just oh. because in the last three years, you know, it's if you look at a chart, it's been trading in range about 250 to 300. Yep. Um, and we just can't find really in catalyst to make it kind of get out of that zone. So we're being cautious and taking some off and um, allocating into some other options like Telex or ResMed. Uh, well, ResMed today has had a really good bounce, yep. um, but Telex is a good option to kind of roll out.
0: Okay, so you're saying take some profits on CSL? Yeah. uh, Into telex. Um, Isn't that interesting because, when was it earlier this year when it got to 312? Hmm. I know it was a big discussion here on the call of whether it was just setting a new platform to take that leap higher because it's, you know, it it gets down to 250 every year, and trades up to 300, um, everyone gets really excited. Then it drops down to two fifty. Um, it's a bit like BH between, uh, BHP between forty and fifty bucks. Mm. Um, what do you think of it, Michael?
2: Um, look, I think it's it's great here. We've bit buyers happy to hold it. Um, I mean, everyone's quite familiar with with the business. But I'll just pick up on your point about that trading range. So that that observation is very important because since COVID, it has been in that range. Mm. Um, and you know, if you look at a very long term chart, from a chartist perspective, uh, I think that's known as a bull flag. So basically you've had this huge run up in CSL uh-huh. from sort of around 2012 to um, to where, where, when we had COVID, so sort of 50 bucks to 300 bucks. And then it has traded sideways in a range, but it's just taking this, a bit of a breather. I mean, it's gone on for a few years,
0: yeah. but, but, that's,
2: but that's all that- It's a,
0: it's a long breath. Yeah, that's, that's all that was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but interestingly, when it when it made a low at the end of last year, it sort of undercut all those other previous low points. And I yep. think what it looks like has happened is that's caused a number of people to panic and, and dump the yep. CSL because it's, it's made new lows. But very quickly, it was bought up on massive volume and it just hasn't looked back. So right. that's known in charting as a false break. So where you think it's breaking to the downside, but then it quickly reverses that's usually a very powerful buy signal so now it's mm. on the way back up to the top of the range and i think this time we might see it finally break that top and when it does because that bull flag has been in place for so long you'll get a multi-month move and it, w- it would be a massive move um, we need to remember that you know we are going to get a number of rate cuts this year but the last time we saw rate cuts from the Federal Reserve, and rate cuts are important for CSL because it's a high PE stock and yep. you know, when rates go up, people don't like the high PE. But back in 2019, when the Federal Reserve cut rates four times, CSL returned 50% huh. in that year. It was just one of those one of right. those things where it started the year at
0: $2 and I think it ended it at three, 300 right. I can't remember the numbers, but cutting it just ra- kept going. Cutting rates means economy slowing. Is that that that's what everyone's going whoopee, let's cut rates. The only reason rates will be cut is if inflation's under control because the economy is slowing down. Yeah, um, I guess
2: traditionally yeah, we've there been there's been a reaction to to a slowing economy. At the moment it looks like the economy's holding up, but, but a slow economy but if inflation in the US is going down and you've got your rates above above where inflation is and you've got that that right. sort of real rate that you want to get down before it's too restrictive. But, but again, in 2019, um, yeah, we had those rate cuts because yeah, slowing economy.
0: And a, a slowing economy, higher unemployment is good for CSL in getting blood in the US, That's isn't true. it? Because uh, you don't donate like a good corporate, uh, good community citizen in the US. You <laughs> actually get paid for your blood. Yeah, you so that. if there, there's high unemployment, uh, people donate blood. To earn money to pay for the groceries.
2: Yeah, Exactly, exactly. So, look, I think CSL again, um, abide these levels. Yeah, uh, abide okay. these levels. I mean, it, I, I think it, it'll be trading at all time highs this year, possibly, and again surprise people that have kind of ignored it because it's been yep. a bit too boring the past few years. Yeah, yeah.
0: interesting. All right, uh, Kai Ali wants a view on Goodman, the uh, the big property group. Uh, um, would you call it a re- real estate investment trust? It's a bit, a bit more than that. It's a, a real estate investment trust with pizzazz right? <laughs> and development. Is a big into industrial property um, and compared with the rest of the sector, it's done pretty well the last two years.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's one of the titans in the property REIT sector. Um, and, you know, you're exactly right. You know, they've got a good profile of properties. They develop their own properties as well. Um in terms of occupancy, the um it's really high. It's ninety nine at ninety-nine percent. So, right. you know, all the all the properties that they have are working and um their biggest client is actually Amazon. So mm. a lot of the warehouses that they're bringing over here to Australia are built by Goodman. Um right. so that's about ten percent of their clients. Um uh, we we re- look we really like Goodman. I think the only issue is that we're from a sector point of view, we're not very bullish on REITs given the high interest rate environment that
0: we're and, uh, in. But I reckon every REIT would be saying, "Can I have a chart like that?" Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> every other REIT is totally different. Is mm. it a thirty percent discount to its um, its NDA? Um, so. This is a high price for good one. So are you, are you saying lighten as well?
1: That's right. You know, like it's really just the price that it's at now, trading at higher valuations. If it got below $20, we'd definitely be looking at opportunities buy. Right. Um I, I, yeah, exactly right. You know, it's the cleaner shirt out of the dirty pile. So
0: right. So you would would you sell or just take some off the top here?
1: I would take some off the top. Here. Right.
0: So t- take profits on this one as well. Yeah. It's an extraordinary business. Greg Goodman, of course, is the. I was one of my nephews got married over uh, over the New Year, mm. uh, and one of his mates works at Goodman. Um, young bloke. Just the way I was asking him about the work conditions there uh, and he goes Greg Goodman uh, hot desk like everyone else and you'll get to work and find you're sitting next to Greg Goodman mm-hmm. and as a young bloke um, he goes it's number one intimidating but is just the chance to sit next mm-hmm. to one of one of the great property developers why would you work for gr- good yeah yeah it's yeah. such a great culture by the sound of yeah, it it's fantastic yeah, he and he's, just he's raved about it done
2: fantastically well yeah. personally because of it so. yeah absolutely yeah, good on him
0: um, what do you reckon? Good? Would you be taking um, profits at these levels? No, look, I'd, I'd be happy to
2: hold. I have to admit, we, we did sell Goodman Group for, for some of our clients at the end of last year because we'd bought it earlier on and, um, and rode it up. Um, the view was, uh, you know, it, it had done so well compared to all the others. And I was looking at, um, and I've mentioned a few times on this show, at um, the office property REITs right. as, yep. as a bit of a contrarian trade because everyone just hated the things, mm. but but of course. Yeah, so it's come it's back your to the it's
0: your lithium in yeah. Property. That's my excitement. That's uh, <laughs>
2: that's how I get my kicks. to yeah. Is yeah. My office the streets. Um, so look, that that was our view at the time. We just thought maybe Goodman might be a bit of a rotation out of the, the yeah. bigger, safer one into the more exciting ones. Now that we have clearly seen that rates have peaked, right. um, but ultimately, if you're not looking to finesse those sorts of things. I think all the REITs should do well as, right. as rates come down. Maybe Goodman will go through a period of underperformance compared to some of those other smaller ones as they catch up. But yeah, if you don't want to do that and you're just happy to get exposure to this sector, yeah, hands so down, Goodman it. Group's the quality one.
0: What's your commercial REIT that you're like? Um, well, you're, so we did like China, Charter
2: Hall, right. um, CHC. That's yeah. that's come back a bit, look um, that, that's another one that if, few of our guys took some profits on recently, but right. I'm keeping an eye on that one as a way to come back in okay. with the recent weakness. All right. I think that can do well.
0: Okay, and our final stock of the day, Terry wants a view on uh, Reese, Kaya, a uh, big plumbing supplier, bathroom supplies, heating, ventilation, air conditioning products. Um, what do you think of uh, of Reece?
1: Yeah, fantastic. We think it's a really good company, and it's had a really solid performance over the last year with eleven percent growth in their bottom line. Um, and the interesting thing is that they're really expanding in the US. You know, so they've got about two hundred thirty-one branches open there, and in terms of growth over last year, it's about eighty percent. Jesus, had a good year, has Yeah. It? So you know, and they've got their their leverage ratio is really low. It's about at uh, you know point nine um so you know good margins good uh, solid company good product uh, with expansion opportunities in the us um, for us it's a buy
0: mm, okay um housing downturn here in australia because it's in the us it's not as big a factor
1: that's right yeah. is that
0: right yeah. is that that what you're thinking
1: yeah i think um just in terms of the overall growth in the us it's quite good figures coming out there in terms of the housing Market, it's probably not as bad as in Australia. Um, right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Michael,
2: Reese? Um, yeah, look, it's, I mean, that's a fantastic chart. And what's interesting, yeah. like, I, I don't follow it, but um, so what I've obviously done is just had a look at some other analyst reports and try to get my head around what's going on. They all don't seem to like it. So the average broker targets, they've all got to sell on it. Average broker targets 35% under where wow. it is at the moment. I think they're thinking that, you know, the Australian market, well, that's quite limited now. And yeah. okay, they're expanding in the US, but that has risks. And we all know it has risks, but um, I don't know, someone's buying it, so it's trending
0: just well, uh, really well, well. Well, investors are ignoring all the brokers, aren't yeah.
2: they? Yeah, So they should. <laughs> <But> they <know.
0: laughs> so, so, why are they doing that? Why, why are you bullish on it? When, as Michael would say, every analyst is saying sell the thing.
1: Yeah, because I. What I, don't I, they understand? I think I think it's just the the potential market in the US. You know that that room for growth. That's really the story that the retail, uh, you know, investors are actually picking up on, and that's what's
0: causing the price to go higher. Okay, Instos must be uh, to have that momentum. Instos yeah. must be on on the back of it as well. Yeah. Michael? and
2: uh, look, I'll, I'll liken it to. You know, we had a we had a nice call last year with um, with Fortescue. Same thing, yeah. Everyone hated it, but we liked it. And my rationale was, well, as soon as everyone else starts to like it, then you've got even more money coming into it. And before yeah. you know it, Fortescue, twenty three dollars to thirty bucks within, you know, a few weeks or so. So, yeah, the same thing might happen with Reese. if they come out with mm-hmm. an announcement and and say, look, things in the U.S. are actually doing pretty well. Then right. these brokers need to. Lift up their targets, and then you get some even you know, you get some more fresh money coming in, right. and maybe the run can continue. So, so.
0: do the, the analysts have in the back of their mind? Very few companies crack America, uh, yeah, and that's
2: fair enough. Yeah. It's, yeah, it you've got your back against the wall in some ways. Yeah, um, so I can understand the the cautiousness around it. But yeah, look, either you know the market's being foolhardy, but you know you the market is often right. Yeah, um, or yeah, there are enough sort of big institutions or or whoever out there that's that's done their homework and and they're looking at the housing market in the U.S. and thinking yeah, it's not that bad, so yeah. it could so, surprise on the upside. So well, look, count? for me, I, uh, it'd be hard to buy it after such a massive run, and we're getting very close to results because right. look, at the end of the day, maybe they do confirm what the analysts are saying, they will ride all along, and the thing the thing collapses. So look, for me, I'm happy to hold, but. Right. Um, I'd, I'd like to see what the next yep. set of results holds.
0: How, how wary are you both about taking any position on anything before it announces in this environment
2: <laughs> yeah very very wary I, I think I'm not not so concerned about it so we spoke about you know, CSL I mean they rarely yeah. disappoint um, ResMed, yeah thank god did all right because of a holder of resmed as as most of us are and (laughs) we know what they're like with their quarterlies you're either up a lot or down a lot yeah so luckily that one worked out but i think also um, commodities is usually okay because they have their quarterlies Right. And you basically got was well, the commodity price going up or down Yeah, yeah. and that's it. I yeah, mean, unless there's been the something basis. else. Yeah, yeah. It, but with other companies, yeah, I'd
1: be pretty cautious. Yeah.
0: Do you get a bit cautious?
1: Yeah. You know, like it's really the variance in terms of analyst expectations, right? Because, you know, if they report and it's a big miss from expectations, that's what causes <laughs> the biggest moves. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Fight yeah.
0: like dominoes. Like dominoes, yeah. Today, yesterday. Nanosonics, uh, yesterday. It's been a week for it. All right. That's why you kind of keep watching the call on Ozvis because you hear about it first. Uh, let's um, look at the final five stocks. The ETF, the beta crypto uh, innovators, ETF, the beta shares, uh, no from both Kai and Michael. ANZ, hold from Kai, uh, buy from Michael. Um, both of them prefer CBA for the long term and Macquarie. Uh, CSL, buy from Michael, take profits from Kai and use those profits to go into telex. Uh, Goodman take profits as well from Kai, hold from Michael, uh, and Reece a buy from Kai, and a hold from Michael. Um, Michael, it's always great to have you. Michael Gable from Fairmont Securities, good you. to see you. Uh, Kai Chen, first up on the call good to have you. Thank it's you. It's great to have you as part of it from MPC Markets. Uh, that's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to ausbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us on X using at ausbiz.tv. Add all of the questions and comments you like. That makes it a lot more interesting for us as well. Uh, no call tomorrow for Australia Day. You enjoy Australia Day. Back with more of a call on Mondays. <laughs>